Hey, so what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Chronically Creative Podcast, where we talk about our chronic illnesses and creative ways we deal with them, even not so creative ways. Um, a lot going on. Um, we were doing uh, the part of the series on forgiveness. So hopefully you guys finish that, right? Everybody's all forgiven in your life and um, you're ready to move on. Uh, yeah, I don't think so, right? Uh, huh. I have my volume up here on my computer. I gotta mute this. Well, whatever. I don't really do too much editing. I'm not a big fan of like if there's a background noise or something, whatever. It's not the end of the world. Um, yeah, so. I'm sure um, we're still in the process of forgiving everybody and dealing with that. Valentine's Day just uh, passed, and that's a big one for people who have chronic illnesses. Some people may feel like bad that they are single, and maybe they feel like if you know they have a chronic illness, who would really want to date them? Or if they're in a relationship, they may feel like a burden uh, to their partner on and on and on. We have all these shameful feelings and all this bullshit that kind of weighs us down. Um, but I I wanted to talk about, um, there's so many things I wanted to talk about and I don't know which one to do first, but I'm going to just go with depression, anxiety, bipolar, um, mental illness. Let's talk about mental illness on this episode, because I don't think that, um, it's fair that we don't really cover mental illness as a chronic illness. Um, people think of it. uh, I think people give you a lot more sympathy. I noticed when you break your arm or you have a digestive disorder or you have a chronic illness that is like physical that can't be cured. And even then people are cruel, hurtful, and don't really take the time to understand. But I think that more often than not, when people, when you say I have depression or have anxiety or, whatever mental illness, I think people are really, um, dismissive of that. I think we've also gained leaps and bounds. We've come leaps and bounds in terms of people understand better now more about mental illness. And it's kind of, we're creating more awareness than we were maybe 10, 15 years ago, but I still feel like we're misunderstood and people who have depression and anxiety or some sort of mental um, illness or mood disorder are left out in the cold and they're usually misunderstood. So we'll talk about that and how um, Valentine's day, for instance, can trigger a depressive episode or a traumatic memory and things like that. Um, very easy to sometimes find ourselves um, triggered by something, or you could be watching something on TV that triggers you. And then you're trying to dig yourself out of this hole. It could also be something that's gradual where we don't pay attention um, enough to the signs where we're starting to feel down. We're not eating properly. We're not getting enough sleep. We're not taking care of ourselves. And then 
something happens and we find ourselves in find ourselves in a in a spot where it's now really hard to get out of because we didn't take care of ourselves properly and again i'm not blaming the victim but sometimes when you know you have a chronic illness you know you have to take care of yourself again it's going back to the episode we did kind of on limitations you know uh, knowing your limitations, accepting your limitations, saying I'm not Superman, I'm not Superwoman, and um, if this comes up or that comes up, or I'm going to have to deal with that. I'm going to need extra energy. I'm going to need some support. I'm going to need some sleep. I'm going to need some um, time away, maybe from uh, you know watching television or whatever, being on my phone, um, again, social media, I wanted to really talk about how social media, um, is, it's like the same side of the double side of the same coin. It's like, I'm sitting here doing this podcast and I'm thinking, Hmm, let me create a website or something or like a, a Facebook page for this, um, podcast. So people can, we can gather and have community and that would be something positive, right? That we could all participate in. Well, hopefully it would be positive, but also Facebook can be very negative. People, bully on Facebook, people shame on Facebook, people post things that are really unkind, people uh, use Facebook for the wrong reasons, people stalk their exes, <laughs> you know, ex-boyfriends or whatever, girlfriends or whoever on Facebook and um, all of those things. And spending too much time on that uh, also is not good for your mental health. People put on Facebook what they want you to see. People, um, most of the time, Facebook has become a marketing tool. You know, companies market their products on Facebook. Are you going to put on Facebook that your product, you know, I don't know, might kill you if you use it too often? I don't know. No, you're not going to put that. People aren't going to put, you know, a lot of things they don't want you to see and know on Facebook. So I think we should, I think it's common knowledge, but I don't know if a lot of people are aware that Facebook is not a good gauge for reality. So you may want to just keep that in the center of your mind or write it down somewhere or, you know, that Facebook, Instagram, these are not good gauges for reality. They're you know, there are things we create. We can create whatever type of persona we want to on uh, these websites. So if you have a chronic illness, if you're depressed, if you um, are not maybe achieving the success you've wanted in your life because you've had to take time off of work for a sick relative or because you yourself are dealing with a sickness, it's not going to be fun for you to watch you know, look at Instagram photos of people who have, you know, supposedly achieved this high level of a success, or maybe they legitimately have achieved, you know, achieved this level of success. But um, again, it's not something that maybe you'd want to look at right now. Maybe down the road, you can look at it and applaud them. But, um, you know, for right now, put down the phone. So social media 
can be a trigger. And we want to avoid things like that uh, when we have mental illness. So I know for me, uh, mental illness is triggered a lot for me. My, my depression and my anxiety is triggered a lot by boredom, uh, oddly enough. Um, I read a lot of books. I have a lot of autobiographies. I like to read about other people's lives. I have some fiction, but mostly autobiographical stuff and then spiritual stuff and psychological stuff and, um, you know, different things here and there. And I try to read to keep myself focused and occupied, um, watching certain TV shows sometimes are a good distraction, but boredom, I know for me, is something I have to be careful because when I get bored, I start to think and reminisce and, you know, one thought leads to another thought, to another thought, to, you know, and it's like a tape recorder that goes around and around. So I have to be careful of, um, being bored and, um, it's hard because right now we're in COVID and we're still in this pandemic and most of us, um, are not able to get out and in the way we used to, to keep busy. So it's hard. And, um, that's why I started part of the reason why I started this podcast. Cause I felt, okay, this will be something that I can do to keep myself uh, busy and also share my experience with other people. And then hopefully we can, you know, share together as a group, as a community builds. So, um, I guess for me, coping involves finding hobbies and things to keep myself busy, like a podcast or like reading or watching uh, television. Um, I also am like an amateur. I used to like to draw a lot when I was in high school. I was when I wasn't able to cut class. crickets and people are going to write in now, you know, because of you, my child cut class the other day and they, no, don't, don't cut class, go to school. Don't follow my example. But, um, I used to be frequently absent from school and it wasn't because I had a chronic illness, although I did suffer. I did have depression and anxiety back when I was a teenager, which, so yeah, I guess I did. But I used to cut school mainly because I found it boring and I didn't really want to be there. And um, I wanted to go to MTV to audition to be a VJ. And I thought I was going to be like the next MTV VJ. But that's, uh, I digress. Um, <laughs> uh, when I when I was in class and I wasn't able to cut class, I would doodle on my notebook. And, you know, my art teacher was like, you know, well, you're, you're, you remind me of like Dr. Seuss where my draw, like I could never draw things technically correct. Like when you used to try to tell me, you know, this is the proper way to do it. And this is how you hold the pencil. And this is the way you shade. And this is the way you, whatever I used to be like, I don't understand what you're talking about. But like, if I just sat there long enough and stared at a picture, I could replicate it in my, you know, and, so whatever, I would just doodle stuff. So sometimes when I get bored, I will draw, you know, pictures or I will, you know, tr you know, replicate different things that 
um, you know, I see. So um, that's another hobby. Um, I also have different spiritual practices, like we talked about, like prayer and meditation and journaling, you know, writing stuff down. Um, and so those are the ways I deal with my depression and anxiety. So feel free to hit me up. Let me know how you deal with your depression and anxiety, what your triggers are, because they're endless. Um, so many people today are dealing with PTSD from uh, COVID, from just our world today is just crazy. So, um, but people people underestimate the um, the seriousness of PTSD and how real it is, and how many people suffer from from trauma. When trauma kind of gets into your subconscious mind, it really can. Uh, wreak havoc. So um, make sure you guys are getting enough sleep and drinking water and taking care of yourselves and avoiding your triggers. Um, it's the same thing. Like I have mast cell activation syndrome. I got to avoid certain triggers like certain foods and perfumes and things like that. Mental illness is similar because there are triggers that we have to avoid um, in our lives. Sometimes the triggers are people. Um, and sometimes, unfortunately, we can't avoid them because they're like either, you know, our parent or someone we live with that, you know, if you're a teenager and you have to live at home or um, if that person just happens to be kind of unavoidable, unavoidable, um, it's hard you know, to, to avoid them, but, um, doing your best to just manage triggers and take care of yourself is the best you can do, you know? And then there's, like I said, spiritual practices and, um, and things like that, that keep us centered and, and moving forward. And of course, therapy helps if you have a therapist or a psychiatrist or taking your medication. Obviously, forgot to mention that. That's a big part of that medication. Um, if you need it, there is no shame in taking it. Um, it's difficult because of the side effects. I know for someone like me, it tons of side effects from medication. Uh, if there's a side effect, I will probably get it. So it's hard for me to, to take a lot of medication, but again, there's no shame in, in taking it. You know, don't let your family or your religion or your friends or whoever, you know, tell you that, oh, you really don't need that. You really shouldn't be taking that. If you need it, take it. Um, and yeah. So next week, maybe we'll talk another, you know, a little bit more about mental illness, um, like how to find a good therapist. Um, there's different resources out there on how to find a therapist, um, how to spot. I mean, there's a lot of different topics we can come up with. I'm thinking right now of a therapist that I went to see that, my God, he should have been, he should have been, uh, you know, thrown out of, I don't know what you call it when you. It's not disbarred. Disbarred is when you're a lawyer, but he should have been just totally 
had his license revoked. Um, he was just a terrible, terrible therapist. Yeah, yeah, he's a trigger for me because <laughs> he did some pretty fucked up things. Excuse my language. Uh, although this is marked explicit, I try not to curse too much because I don't want to just. I think it's a little bit uh, unnecessary when people use the F word in every other sentence. Try to be a little bit more sophisticated than that. Um, but yeah, it was fucked up. He was fucked up and he fucked me up a little bit. So, um, yeah. So there's ways to find a good therapist and ways to spot whether a therapist is good. Some people, I mean, it's definitely a topic now that I got going on this, we're going to cover because people think because someone has a license that they're a good therapist. And that's not true at all. Um, I've seen a good handful you know, many handfuls of therapists and, you know, just because someone has a degree and a certification does not always make them uh, a good therapist. It doesn't always make them the right match for you either. Sometimes they're not a bad therapist. They just are not a good match for you. So maybe next week we'll, we'll leave it here for that on that note. And next week we'll talk about a, going to therapy and how to find a good therapist and how to spot when you're in a um, bad relationship with your therapist. So, all right, that's it for now. Stay uh, as healthy as you can and, and take care of yourself. I guess I should say take care of yourself as best you can. And I'm wishing you lots of love and uh, just know that you're not alone. I want to just say that, um, take a moment and just let you know that you're not alone, um, that you, there is somebody here and there are many people in the world going through exactly what you're going through or something similar. And you're not alone. We understand. We know what it's like. You're not crazy. You're not, um, you're not, because the doctor told you there's nothing wrong with you, you feel like you're nuts. You're not. Um, you have to just keep going. You have to just um, find find the strength to keep seeking, seeking answers and reaching out. When you hear people like me, get in touch with me. I have a bunch of contact information. You can get in touch with me. I have a lot of resources for chronic illness. Um, if you know somebody who, you know, deals with chronic illness, reach out to them. Don't be afraid to say, hey, you know, I need some help. Do you have any um, advice or resources for me? Um, so just know that. Know that you're not alone because this podcast was really started on the basis of being present to people and letting them know that they're not alone. So stay well and I will see you next time. All right. Take care.